Good work, Lindsay. <laughs> You've successfully pushed buttons in the correct sequence, and now we can record our damn episode. Man. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is episode 130 of the podcast, all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. And with me today for this amazing Zero episode, I have with me the host of old, SBJ. How you doing, SBJ? I've missed you, man. This is... This is the wrong podcast. Wait. What? I'm not SBJ. What? Who the crap are you? Oh, God, I thought I was on a different podcast. What is happening? Don't tell me I have to record another Tuesday Night Podcast. What the crap is... Who is this? This is, uh, your friendly neighborhood, Lindsay Road. Ah, I recognize that butthead voice from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, SBJ wasn't able to make it for this episode, but hopefully he'll be on soon. Yeah, I have with me... I'm sorry. Lindsay Road, how are you doing? Woo! Doing good. <laughs> good. Good to have you back. Hey, and this is a zero episode. This is the launch pad for new listeners where we kind of talk about what the podcast is so people don't have to go all the way back to listen to the beginning. Instead, they can start right here in episode 130. So I decided to bring on my best frenemy, Lindsay Road. So things are going well, Lindsay. Yep. You ready to talk about the podcast itself today? Yeah, I'm excited. Why? What excites you about the Tuesday night podcast? Well, it's working. So that's definitely a plus. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just really excited. It's been a while since I've been on. And I don't have like, I personally don't have anything to plug. I can just goof off this whole episode and it doesn't matter. There's no repercussions for how I act during this episode. So like old days there never is any repercussions or so it seems it's hard for me to imagine that everything you've ever said on the podcast at this point you've been saying with fear of repercussions so i don't know what Lindsay off the leash is gonna be like ridiculous yeah ridiculous buckle up everyone buckle up first of all when's the last time you listened to the podcast let me ask you that and don't lie it's fine if you say i don't listen because <laughs> i'm too busy you made me choke my coffee hold on <laughs> The last time I listened to the podcast was probably when you had, oh, I'm trying to remember the name because I'm really bad with names. Don't rub your hands near the microphone. It's not near the microphone. You're so sensitive. Well, stop rubbing your damn hands so loud. I'm trying. This is my thinking pose. You're in an echo <laughs> chamber. You've been on this show so many times and yet you fail, fail every time to first of all come onto this podcast without any technological issues and you can't have a good recording space no you got to go into like the Sistine Chapel the Chamber of Echoes in order to record did you even get the pop filter I sent you yeah yeah it's on it's on right now all right we'll find out repeat after me we'll find out repeat after me Pretty Polly passed the piped Piper's Pickles to Pretty Patrice's puppy. There's no way. Pretty Polly passed the pickles to Patrice's Polly. Pied Piper's. The Pied Piper's Pickles. Pickles. It's. 
Start all over again. Pretty Polly pass the Pied Piper's Pickles to Pretty Patrice's Puppy. Is this how you would treat SBJ? No. No, it's absolutely not. No, 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 no way. No, 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 no. I want everyone to know that before we started recording, he was complaining about the birds outside my window. Like, I have any sort of control about what birds hang out outside my window. You have control of closing the window. I even said, what is all that noise, Lindsay? And what did you have to do? You're like, oh, I could close the window. Do you think that might be it? It's hot! It's in a closet! Do you think having a portal into outside noises that are going on in the environment might be what I'm hearing? Do you think that might be it? Hey, you're not getting out of this. Pretty Polly Pass the Pied Piper Pickles to Pretty Patrice's Puppy. All right, all right. Let's calm down. Let's bring it down. I, I can't expend this much energy this early. I have a lot, a lot more to give later on. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what you asked me. Oh, the last episode that I listened to. And it was, uh, I believe her name was Stephanie. Yeah. Maybe. Stephanie Straw was on the episode. Do you not know Stephanie Straw? I have never met Stephanie Straw. We're friends on Facebook and that's it. What? And I'm pretty sure that's just because we were both friends with you. So we were like, eh, and like click the friend button. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me bringing people together. Oh, wow. I'm trying to remember the last time you were on. You were definitely part of episode 100 because I don't know why. But Sir Byron Morgan chose you as one of his favorite episodes of all time. Since then, you've gotten a pop filter I sent you because it was very obvious that your peas mm -hmm. were popping ridiculously. But it's, it's really good to have you back. And I think we should talk about this, too. You are now an official part of the Tuesday Night Games company, aren't you? I am. I have skipped overnighting and whatever other ridiculous things and levels you have, and gone right to employee. That's right. I'll let you talk. You describe what you do. Let's see. Alan called me, and he said, I really need someone to book hotels. And I said, sure. And now I'm the con manager. It's an easy job, everyone. I just want to throw that out there. But I'm also paid in boxes of games, I assume? We haven't really worked that out yet. <laughs> and apparently, truckloads of sass. Just truckloads of sass all the time. Yep. Speaking of sass, you're also going to be paid in assassination. Boom! Oh, I forgot about that. That's coming up, isn't it? Oh. Oh, man, I got to get my plan together. Yeah. Assassination, man. I should get my own show. I got so many good puns. Look at that. We only have a month. I'm, maybe I'll wear a GoPro for this one so everyone can see how you lie about who wins. Oh my goodness. This is why I have so much sass. You dare call me the liar? This is insane. Okay, let's calm down. Yes, yes, you are now the con manager. I've been looking for someone to help us out, basically book shows, because long story short, I hate it, and I want to go to more shows than we do go to. Dog Mike Games goes to all the shows we want to go to, and I thought, oh, Wait a second, Lindsay, you're in charge of doing all the con scheduling and booking and booth buying yeah. for Dog Mike Games, correct? Yeah, I was already doing all of it. So I figured, oh, it'd be so easy for her because all she has to do is copy and paste and just delete Dog Mike Games and put in Tuesday Night Games. Yeah, that's literally all I did. There you go. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Crew. I've wanted to work for your company for a long time. So number one, super excited to work for your company. Number two, super excited to have a job where I can work for other competing companies. So really, one out on both of those. 
I can't imagine that dog mic games and Tuesday night games are ever actually going to be competitors. No. Because our product lines are vastly different. Although, dog mic games is producing Countdown Action Edition. That is a hidden role social deduction game akin to two rooms and a boom. It is. So, trying to step on your toes a little bit. <laughs> I guess we are competitors. <laughs> No, not really. There's plenty of room in the market. Plus, the classic line always is, game companies don't compete with one another. They compete against movies and television and anything that takes people away from the gaming table. We are all compadres in the same war in this entertainment battle royale. Yeah. And it's actually, I'm going to throw this out there real quick. It's one of the first things I noticed about the industry that made me wanted to get into it. It was Origins. It was the Origins where I met you. We played Deception in Hong Kong, and you were just really blew my mind in a lot of different ways. Not all good, not all bad. Wait, wait, Deception did or I did? What are you talking about? Both, both did. So everything good was me, everything bad was Deception. Yeah, you could say that. You could put those in that order if you wanted. We were playing Deception, and I didn't really know you. Isaac had introduced us. And it was like you, me, Isaac, and like people from three other companies. So probably five or six different game companies sitting down or employees from different game companies sitting down to play one game together and having a great time and playing all night. I've never seen that in another industry. Yeah, because we're all friends here, except you and me, Lindsay. Yeah, because we're frenemies. Frenemies for life. (laughs) Such a ridiculous word. It is the Zero episode. We're supposed to educate people as to what this podcast is about. We already said that it's about the stories we make while playing the games we love. But what are some of the favorite segments that we have here typically? What are some of the famous characters? How about you just take it because everyone's sick and tired of me talking about the Tuesday Night Podcast. Why don't you tell the story of Tuesday Night Podcast from your point of view? Let's see. I got to reach back into the annals of history. Of my brain for this. Annals of history, huh? In my brain. Gotcha. All right, so reaching through the vortex, digging around. Let's see, the first time I ever heard you guys, I was in a taco truck. Your voice, an SBJ, who was like really into Pokemon, listened to SBJ, because I was also into Pokemon. And then I heard your podcast in the taco truck, and your voice came out, projected across the entire roof, and it was the most ridiculous conversation I'd ever heard. I don't remember anything about the episode other than I laughed super, super hard. So if there's anything you need to know about Tuesday Night Games is that it's funny and there's a lot of really cool entertaining segments. Some of my favorites are elevator pitches. Oh, I'm so glad you said elevator pitches. I bet you are. (laughs) Oh, Lindsay, you said the buzzword. So now I'm going to ask you to go into the anal of your brain and pull out the elevator pitch for the Tuesday Night Podcast in just one minute, and you are Alan Girding. Oh, oh, hey guys. So anyway, um, we have this amazing, amazing, amazing podcast here. We talk about board games, and I love board games, and board games are everything, and I back every Kickstarter that's ever existed. I don't know where I fit all those games. Who knows where I fit all those games, but I have every Kickstarter that's ever gone out. And then I talk about them. I talk about them with so many cool people. Most of the people are way cooler than me. I'm the least of the cool people. But not everyone else is super cool. Let's see what else happens. Oh, occasionally, I have a character called Captain Chestbeard that comes out. And Captain Chestbeard has an uncomfortable relationship with another character called Lindsay. And they don't really know how they feel about each other yet. 
but it's an unnatural amount of attention given to one another. Is that it? Is that all the time I get? Because I could go on longer. <laughs> That's all the time you get. I think that was pretty accurate, but it was more about me than the podcast. I didn't realize I said awesome so much. Excitement! <laughs> that would have been better. Awesome. You could just say excitement! 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 You're right about the Kickstarter addiction. I've been working on it. And you're also right about all the guests that I bring on that are cooler than me. That's why I have to bring you on an occasion to boost my confidence back up. Yeah. Oh, that was such a burn. I don't know why I thought that was going to be good for me. But the relationship with you and Chessbeard, I didn't think it was confusing. Chessbeard is pretty clear about his intentions and his affection for you. I, where's the confusion? I guess it's it's my confusion because, so, Alan showed me, have you announced your new game yet before I spoil everything for everyone? I, I saw it on your website, so I assume I can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it on this year podcast, and please stop tapping stuff on the table because I can hear everything that you do. It sounds like you just tapped cards on the table, Lindsay. Podcast etiquette! What I was gonna say was that with That's Not Lemonade, which I got a really cool sneak peek of like a week or two ago, I pointed to a character and I said, that's my favorite character. I love that piece of art. And it turned out that it was heavily inspired by Captain Chessbeard. And ever since then, I've felt a little conflicted in my emotions towards Captain Chessbeard because it seems like off the bat, I'm not a huge fan of him. But... I keep being attracted to things that depict Captain Chesspear without realizing it. It's really me. <laughs> so you two haven't met in person, but you've only heard and interacted with one another on this podcast. And yet anytime you see an image of him, you think, hey, who's who's that guy? I'm like immediately, immediately <laughs> attracted to it. So describe the picture of Captain Chesspear that may be a character in That's Not Lemonade. He wore a lot more purple than I expected. And his clothes were dapper, I think is the right word. They were nice, tailored clothes. Stronger chin than I expected. I think the chin was one of the things that I was attracted to. Good posture. Definitely had good posture. Clothes were a little outdated, kind of vampire-ish, pirate-ish, but... He's a captain, so you gotta keep up appearances, I guess. What did you think he looked like? And I guess this is a lesson for all the knaves, knights, and nobles alike that are listening to this episode. And that is, you don't know what someone looks like just based upon their voice. So what did you think Captain Chesterfield looked like? This is how I picture him. I picture him super, super short, with no shirt on ever for any reason, but he has so much <laughs> chest hair that it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a shirt on. Because, like, you can't see any nipples or chest or anything. He would always have a pipe in his mouth, but he'd always be, like, biting down on it hard and grinning. And I, I just kind of partial baldness is kind of how I was picturing him. <laughs> I, I don't know how you get that from the sound of someone's voice. Okay, so Captain Chestbeard, what part does he play in this podcast? Uh, be ridiculous? Didn't he officiate a wedding at one point? He did. Yeah, he was asked to officiate a wedding and... Yeah. yeah, so he's probably way more famous than I am. <laughs> I'd probably be stepping up if I, went, if I went over there, but yeah, I don't really know. Does he have a job? Does, is he also an employee of Tuesday Night Games, or does he just like pop on, do his little 
spiel and then officiate a wedding. No, he's our manager. He manages the podcast. Yeah. He manages the podcast? Yeah. That explains a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he lets us know if we're going on too long or too short. And throughout time, Captain Chessbeard has had less and less of a voice on the podcast because he hasn't had to chime in as much because we've been keeping our episodes a nice tight 20 to 40, 45 minutes in that range. I didn't know he had an actual job. It's good for him. I mean, besides his pirating job, I guess. Let me ask you, what are some of your other favorite segments on this podcast besides the elevator pitch and your love for Captain Chessbeard? <laughs> My other favorites, other than those two, I like hearing what everyone's been playing lately. That's always one of my favorite things oh you're talking about table talk yeah like just table talk is is usually something i always look forward to well let's do some table talk it's time for the table talk Lindsay, what have you been playing lately i have been playing legends of the five rings so much what oh my gosh i i have a problem i have a real real problem with lcgs and it's really starting to get bad is the problem because it's expensive? Because certainly you're saving more money by playing a living card game than a trading card game like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering. It is. It is definitely less money. It's still a lot because I play Game of Thrones really heavily and I also play L5R really heavily. To keep up with both can be a little expensive. I've kind of stopped buying a lot of other games and just focusing on LCGs right now. But the time, the time is really like I should be designing a lot more during the week. Last Sunday, I think I played L5R for eight hours. Holy shnikes. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Which one's better between Game of Thrones and L5R? Ah, that's tough. Oh man, probably right now I'm more into L5R. I think it's a little bit of a better game. What makes it a better game? The dueling. By far, it's the dueling. So when you're playing Legends of the Five Rings, and you're attacking different provinces and stuff. So you get your people out, you're attacking provinces. When you attack a province, you go into a second little mini game with a whole nother deck that you build. So you have two decks of cards, your regular deck and your conflict deck. When you attack a province, you zoom in on this one special battle and you pick up a different deck with a different hand. You have like this mini duel between two samurais or whatever two characters or three characters are going at it. And that one moment is probably the most thematic, cool thing I've seen in the game in a really long time. With whom are you playing these living card games the most? I'm playing them with my boyfriend, Mike, the most. We play all the time. Mike is in one of the owners of Dog Mike Games. Yes. For anyone who doesn't know, I date one of the owners of Dog Mike Games. Drama! <laughs> Not, I just want to put it out there because technically he's my boss. That happened before I came on board. All right. We started dating before I came on board for Dogmite Games. Which one is less scandalous, dating before or dating after? I guess dating before. I think is more scandalous. Yeah. Which one's more scandalous? I think dating after because then you're like dating at work and nobody knows. Like, that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like dating before is less scandalous. I would think so because dating after is like, hey, uh, I know you've been getting paid by me. But how would you like to? <laughs> yeah, that would be way worse, especially in today's culture, like with harassment and stuff, that'd be not good. When you do it before and you bring it in, like everyone knew and we had like policy set up to, to handle HR issues that would pop up. And he's not technically my boss because he can't be because we're dating. 
Oh, so there's HR limits. There's a wall built between you, so it's all technical, so you don't have to worry about that harassment. Right, right. And I'm lucky enough to have the guy that is cool with that. You know what I mean? Because he's like, you can quit and work for Alan or whatever you want to do. I don't care. So there's no way he's pushing you onto me. I'm sorry. I'm not hiring <laughs> you for the same jobs. I say that and we just already announced that you're now managing our... I know. He's just hired me, so... <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, you really... You, I just... You can't... Good luck. Good luck having me as an employee. That's going to be really fun. So far, it's been great. You've helped us sign up for PAX Unplugged. Yeah. I'm excited because PAX Unplugged this year is not the same time as Board Game Geek Convention. So we'll be at both. Yeah! I know. I'm so excited. And you get to meet my parents. When you meet my parents, oh my gosh, it's going to be really interesting and I can't wait. Whoa, I'm meeting your parents? Every PAX, they stop by to like see what my job is because I don't think they, they truly, I think they get it a lot more now, but I think sometimes it's still hard to explain what I do for a living. Do they judge? Do they judge? Do they come by and say things like, oh, let's see what you're doing with your life. You're making games and peddling wares in some type of wood shop, sweat shop. Real nice, lengthy. <laughs> Such no. a disappointment. No. Why can't you be like a doctor, like your brother? No, no. Thankfully, they don't do that at all. They're both like VPs or something really important for Johnson & Johnson. So they're happy that all their kids didn't take like the nine to five office job. Oh, awesome. So I'm going to meet them. How am I going to meet them? You're going to send them my way? Yeah, I assume. Because I always like tour them around and, and introduce them to some of my friends. So they know that I have them because we don't see each other very often. They think that you're you're like too mean to me on the podcast because they don't really understand our relationship sometimes. And so when they listen to the podcast, they're like, that Alan, he's so mean to you. Obviously, I have to pick up where they failed. It's their fault. Obviously, they've failed in some aspects of bringing <laughs> yeah. you up. And now here I am picking up the slack for them. So really what they should be doing is thanking me. That Alan, he's really doing our job for us. Thank you so much, Alan. You're welcome. My father is a massive German man. So we'll see how that works out when you ask him for his thanks for getting me back in line. Are you insinuating he's going to rough me up? I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying that I'm going to sell some tickets and show up. Okay. <laughs> the fight between Alan and her massive. That'll be fun. Worth a hoot and holler. No, it's fine. They're going to love you and they're going to all tease me together. That's what's going to really happen is that you guys are all going to gang up on me. This is what I want. I want them to totally hold you and hug you. And you'll be like, why are you hugging me so hard? You're normally never this affectionate to me. Are you finally going to tell me that you love and respect me? Mom and dad is out. going on. But realistically, <laughs> they're just holding you so I can come up, assassinate you. Oh, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare pull my parents into that. Oh, man. I'll never forgive you. Let's do this together, Frau und Herr Rod. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Rode is a German name? Yeah. It's been obviously tweaked over the years when my, I believe, great-grandparents immigrated. It's pretty German. So that's table talk. <laughs> well, let me ask you a couple more quizlet questions, if you will. What do we call our listeners? You call them knaves. And how does a knave become a knight? A knave becomes a knight by submitting an audio clip. An audio clip of what? An audio clip of a story that they want to tell on the podcast or by volunteering at your booth. No, that is, nope, that is not true. Nope, that's not right. That's apparently old news. 
Alan's changed it since he last no, time he's talked to no, me. Never told you that you're a knight. You are not a knight. No. I am totally a knight. I volunteer. I work for you. I've been on like a thousand podcasts. How many times do we have to go over this? Every time you're on this episode. Every time you're like, I'm a knight. No, you're not. It's the big beef that Sir Byron Morgan has with you. He says you're still not a knight. You're a noble. Because who are the nobles? Are the nobles the people who are on the podcast? Yes, the nobles are the people who are on the podcast. But you need to send in a knave tonight's mission, which is why you're probably the worst person to ask, how do you become a knight? Because you still don't know, Lindsay. You hear that, Papa Road? Your daughter is a disappointment, not just to you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you send in an audio, a story. Would you like to hear one? I would like to hear one. Let's see if we can knight this knave. My name is David, and this is my story of how I became an aspiring board game designer. Whenever my friends and I would hang out at each other's places, we'd bring a board game that we could all play together. One of our favorites at the time was Apples to Apples. This was before Cards Against Humanity existed, but of course we would try and make the game more entertaining by playing as inappropriate as possible card to the judge. For example, if the description card was sensual, Anne Frank would definitely win if played. Obviously, the creators of Cards Against Humanity are also horrible people who happen to have much better marketing skills and managed to create a successful product while we were still laughing privately at our own awfulness. Another family-friendly game that we ended up turning into a lured affair was Balderdash. If you haven't played it, Balderdash is a fun party game where a person will draw a card that has five unusual words on it along with the correct definition. The current player will read the word to everyone and then write its definition on a slip of paper. Each of the other players will also write down the word, and then they will make a plausible definition for it. The current player then mixes up all definitions and reads them aloud two times each. Players get points if people vote for their fake definition, if they vote for the correct definition, or if no one votes for the correct answer, the current player gets points. We quickly realized that the rules stated that the current player had to read each definition aloud twice, so we'd write inappropriate things about that player instead of the definition and make them read it aloud. Twice. For example, Argle Bargle. I, Jason, really love to fit large pointy objects up my backside. And then we would, of course, insist that they read aloud twice so everyone could hear. The answer that humiliated the current player the most would usually win, so everyone really tried to debase that person as much as possible because we were gamers and naturally wanted to win. Seeing how much fun it was to try and break a game and develop alternative and better rules led me to designing my own games. I heard about Ultimate Team Up, a local game design group, which I have enjoyed attending over the past six months, working on games and meeting other published and aspiring game designers who understand that it's okay to hurt someone's feelings if it makes for an enjoyable game. What'd you think of David's Nave Tonight submission, Lindsay? It was really good. First of all, super high quality. More than can be said about this podcast. All right. Yeah. I agree when you're on this episode because <laughs> your audio quality is crap compared to David's. Absolutely true. Yes. Do you think Dave deserves to be knighted? Absolutely. Let's do this then. Knave, approach we nobles and kneel to allow us to honor thee. We, on behalf of all knaves, knights, and nobles alike, applaud thine heroic and knightly contribution to this, the Tuesday Night Podcastle. Allow us to dub thee Sir David of the Tuesday Night Podcast. 
Now rise, rise, Sir David, as the newest knight of the Tuesday Night Gaming Table. Yay! Yeah, that was solid. What he's saying is, is really similar to what I discovered as a young designer, and I'm sure probably you did, which is that it's tough and important and really exciting to learn how to like get feedback and give feedback in the right way. And it's probably like one of the most critical things about becoming a good, probably just creator of anything, but especially a designer of board games. What about you? I enjoyed it. I like how he talked about how Cards Against Humanity is just the adult version of Apples to Apples. He also mentioned Balderdash, which reminds me of the game Lewd and Obscene. Have you ever played Lewd and Obscene? Not only have I not played it, I've never heard of it. Have you ever played or heard of Balderdash? I've heard of Balderdash. I think I played it once, but it was a long time ago. Well, Lewd and Obscene is a game where you get a dirty word and it actually has a definition. But the funny thing is sometimes the words aren't dirty. Now, when you draw this card, you write down the actual definition on a sheet of paper. Everyone else goes ahead and writes their own definition. In this way, it's a lot like Fibbage. If you've played Fibbage on Jackbox, oh my goodness, I just realized I'm talking to like the one person who doesn't play Jackbox TV. (laughs) What the hell? Anyway, it's like Fibbage from Jackbox TV where you come up with your own definition and you get points if people vote for yours and you get points if you vote for the correct one. So you're trying to vote as a regular player who didn't draw the card. You're trying to vote for what the actual definition is. We can try it right here. For instance, what definition would you come up with for the word tittle? What would you write to get people to vote for tittle? So I write down a definition? Yeah, you give a definition. What do you think the definition of tittle is? More importantly, you give me a definition for tittle that you think other people will believe is the actual definition for tittle, this dirty word, or maybe it's not a dirty word. To balance multiple objects upon a small base. Ah, interesting. You're not going the dirty route. I guess I probably should for podcast quality, but... (laughs) Well, lewd and obscene, most of them are dirty, but actually, you are correct. Tittle is not a dirty word. It is the dot on top of the lowercase i and j. Did you know that? I didn't know that. It's called the tittle. That's cool. All right, we'll do one more and we'll move on. Lindsay, make up a definition for airplane blonde. Unless you think you know what the actual definition is. Do you know what an airplane blonde is? I'm going to say it's a type of drink. It's a it's a cocktail. And that's all you're going to write in your definition? Because I wouldn't vote for that. A cocktail? Because I would think it would have to be more specific than an airplane blonde. It's a cocktail that involves peach schnapps and whipped cream and... A cherry. Okay, interesting. That would probably get a couple of votes. Would you like to know the actual response? Yes. How about this? I'll give you three definitions. You tell me which one they are. Okay. An airplane blonde is a person who doesn't know how to put on their seatbelt in an airplane. An airplane blonde is simply a female pilot. An airplane blonde as a girl with a bleach blonde hair, but still has a black box. I'm going to say it's the third one. A girl with bleach blonde <laughs> hair, but still has a black box. That's an airplane blonde. <laughs> that makes sense. I want to know what your favorite house rule is. My favorite house rule for any game ever? Yeah. What's the, my favorite house rule? Yeah, because everyone house rules games, especially when they play them a lot. And I want to know what your favorite house rule for a game that you play is. 
Hmm. You know, the first one that jumps in my mind probably isn't my favorite one, but it's just the first one that jumps in my mind. I enjoy Cards Against Humanity. It's really old and spent, and there's so many other things we can do. So I prefer to play Monikers Against Humanity, which is just playing Monikers with the Cards Against Humanity cards. And that may be a house rule, but actually if people say, no, we want to play Cards Against Humanity, I will say, let's just throw in a random card. And that is the house card because it kind of shows people will vote not based on necessarily any skill, but just randomness because it's amazing how many times the house card wins. So just throw in a house card and it's especially good if you only have three players. What else? What other segments? I mean, I like it when you just talk to another designer or talk to your guest about what's going on with them and, and anything cool topics that you guys have. Yeah, it's about the stories talking about stories. Can you even think of any other segments that we have? No, it's usually the podcast. You're so busted. The other thing we have... What? (laughs) The other thing we have is interaction satisfaction. What is interaction satisfaction? How dare you? I'm representing everyone out there who has never heard this podcast before. God help you that this is the first one that you're listening to. I'm so sorry that this is how you started out your journey with Tuesday Night Games. (laughs) Interaction satisfaction is when people write in and we read their emails. You want to do a little bit of interaction satisfaction? Yes. <gasps> can we? Yes, we can. Howdy. It's time for interaction satisfaction. Shoot us your emails, your comments, or your questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Let me catch you up on some drama in the gaming sphere, if you will. Recently, on episode 127, we had Dan Yarrington on the show. Do you know Dan Yarrington? Mm -mm. You don't know Dan Yarrington? Tabletop Tycoon. He's best known for Game Salute. I know Tabletop Tycoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that name. That name I know really well. Interesting. So anyway, he was on and I asked him, quote, tough questions, unquote. And I asked him about his biggest mistakes. But then we had individuals write in and say, hey, we're amazed that Dan didn't talk about a lawsuit that's going on and some possible litigation. That's what's really controversial. Why didn't you talk about that, Alan? In episode 128, I had to explain, well, it's just because I didn't do my homework, but I reached out to Dan Yarrington to see if he had any comments on his litigation problems where he's being sued for being in part of a company with Zev from Z-Man Games and whatnot. And I heard back from Dan Yarrington. Would you like to hear his response, Lindsay? Yeah, I'd love to hear his response. This is really interesting. This is interesting. Here's the dirty juice. I am not at liberty to tell you what his email said. Wait, is that it? That's it. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Way to build that up for nothing. I'm not at liberty to say, but I still believe that Dan has a strong point of view on this story. And I'm really confident that when I am at liberty to say that Dan would share what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Too bad if it doesn't, because here's another one. You ready for another email? I Yeah, this is hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You you trying to recover from that disappointment? I am still trying to recover from that disappointment. You really, 
I no longer like the segment. <laughs> okay, it gets better. In episode 128, when Sean and I were talking, Sean talked about something called wokeness. Are you familiar with wokeness? I'm actually looking this up right now. I've heard it, but I don't, I couldn't tell you the definition off the top of my head. So it's not just wokeness, Lindsay, it's performative wokeness. It's someone whose desire to be seen as on the right side of an issue, and this desire can actually get in the way of an ally's true job. So the performatively woke person posts on social media about how annoying, for instance, maybe a white person is or someone else, conveniently ignoring their own whiteness or their own demographic status. The performatively woke person mansplains feminism to women, for example. The performatively woke person makes a lot of noise and accomplishes very little. I just looked that up on medium.com. That's the explanation of performative wokeness. So I guess that means making a whole bunch of noise without actually making a difference. Basically, we were talking about how it's really tough to call attention to someone when they're doing something socially wrong. Specifically, Sean used the example of Ted Alsbach having women characters as a stretch goal in his game, Werewords. Have you heard of this? I've heard of Werewords, but I didn't hear any sort of like drama behind it or anything. So Werewords, it was having the special edition on Kickstarter. One of the stretch goals was, hey, if they made enough money, they'd have a stretch goal where they would include a whole bunch of female characters in the game. There was an outcry against that. What do you think the problem is? Were there no females in the game before that? That's kind of the issue is why are women just stretch goals? Why aren't they automatically included? So people were pretty angry about that. And Ted immediately said, okay, okay, they're, they're in the base game. Sean said that's very difficult because the same thing could have been accomplished with contacting the individual privately and saying, hey, by the way, just so you know, that's not really cool to have a stretch goal instead of very public shaming on social media. But it's very difficult because at the same time, if you're being victimized, it's tough to say, hey, be quiet. So there's this tough mix of how loud should you be? How loud should you not be? And in the end, it just comes about you doing the best you can do. But Nicole Hoy, who's actually a Tuesday noble, meaning what, Lindsay? Meaning that they were on the podcast or volunteered? There's no volunteering title. <laughs> yes, Get that volunteering yes, out of your head. You to, so for people who have never listened before, you used to be able to become a knight or noble or whatever it's called by volunteering at the booth, which I did. And I didn't get a title because that used to be a thing. And apparently it's not a thing. All right. Go back to your story. Go back to your story. You know, if only we could record <laughs> these conversations and publish them so that we could go back and find out if there was a time that we publicly declared that if you're a volunteer, then you have the title of knight only. Oh, wait, we do. We're on it right yeah. now. It's called the podcast. So if you're listening to this, if you're a knave, knight, or noble, if you know which episode to which Lindsay's referring in which we said we call our booth volunteers knights, please guide us to that episode. Email us podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Or tweet us at PlayTKG. That's going to be a good day when that email comes in. It's going to be a good day. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Lindsay. We used to call them booth monkeys. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, yes, we did. We never called them knights. Uh, that's a terrible knight would be way better than booth monkey. Well, what we're thinking of changing them to is squires. That's cool. 
Anyway, anyway, let's go back to the topic. This topic is actually super interesting to me and something that I've consciously kind of struggled with in my own game. So I'm really interested to keep hearing about this email. So keep going. Here's what Nicole Hoy writes. Hey pals, just a thought about Sean's point about performative wokeness in episode 128. Yes, it can go too far, but talking widely about it on Twitter can reach the publisher in question. And also other publishers will see as well as other gamers. These people can be informed about what's gone wrong and consider that going forward to avoid the same mistakes and just learn more about the overall idea of inclusivity. So I always appreciate the dialogue on Twitter that comes out of discussing problematic issues with games. It doesn't have to be angry, but it can help to talk about it, especially when publishers aren't interested in the feedback. Thanks. So thank you, Nicole, for writing in. We really appreciate that. What's your take, Lindsay? I mean, I think it's really a good point, right? Like, it's really important that we make people aware of diversity. But I think a lot of people don't understand sometimes how difficult it is to get your brain out of that box. And this is something that I learned originally with Weird, because we would always scan over everything and, and check for diversity. I would notice that we'd look at a group of people and I would immediately be like, there's not enough women. And because that's what I think about, right? I'm a woman and that's what I notice that woman representation. But a lot of times someone else would be like, what else is it missing? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I think it's a pretty good mix. There's no other ethnicities, Lindsay. So I totally get how sometimes it's hard to see, like it's not intentional essentially, because while it's really easy for me to see diversity amongst males and females, it's harder for me. And I consciously have to work more at making sure that there's representation across all the races. So you're racist. You're saying you're not sexist, but you're racist. That's what we found out today. No. Lindsay's racist, not sexist. First starting out as a designer, I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's something that you actually have to work towards looking over things and reminding yourself not to just look for what what you are or what you think should be there, but other types of minorities that maybe you're not a member of. It gets easier the more you do it. Sometimes I think with other designers or other games, like they honestly probably just missed it in the excitement of the design and, and getting all this cool art in and stuff. I mean, making the woman a stretch goal is a little rough because you're obviously thinking about women but you're not putting them in the core game, which is weird. I work actively every time to think about how to make my games more diverse. And it's a, something that you have to make a choice to think about and be conscious of. And I have the benefit of having like you guys as friends and having friends from all over different people and stuff. People might not have that advantage. So I'm just saying I would try to educate before getting angry. What do you think? I think that there's room for both in the world. One thing I responded to with Nicole is I'm struggling to think of a time history has truly been changed by a very quiet person. The closest thing I can think of is peaceful rebellion, starving yourselves, etc. so Gandhi. But I'm trying to think of the times where the movers and shakers have been just silently working behind the scenes. So I think there's room for both. If someone is very loud, that really breaks a lot of the ice and gives other people for lack of a better term, the privilege of not having to be so loud and animated and just angry. But I also hate that angry is a bad label to have. I don't think angry should be something to be ashamed of. I think a lot of people should own it with pride. Yeah, I'm angry. I don't want to shut up about this. You're making a big deal out of it. Yeah, I am making a big deal out of this. Well, what about the other people's feelings? I don't care about their feelings at this point because other feelings have been hurt too much. Now, that could be very extreme, and anytime you draw that line in the sand, you are, by definition, creating opposition. But 
you're also emboldening those that may have been quieter, emboldening those that may have not put voice to the issue previously. So there's room for both. I don't want people to be overly shamed. I don't want people to totally silently be victims in the night either. I don't want people to victim blame. But in the end, I think water finds its own level. And I think we as a society, even worldwide, are heading towards progress. I think if you compare nowadays to a century ago, two centuries ago, certainly hundreds of years ago, as a world, we're improving all over the place. We'll never get rid of sexism. We'll never get rid of racism because it is the human condition to be prejudiced and to create stereotypes. It is in social psychology. We cannot help it. But instead of trying to stop it, what you should do is put it in check and own it and address your own prejudice. You're never going to be able to eliminate them. You just got to put them into check, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That's what I think. We should wrap this up. We're already well over time. What else about the Tuesday Night Podcast should people know? Sometimes we have the B team on. What the hell's the B team, Lindsay? The B team is when the A team can't make it. The B team is actually pretty cool. If you find B team episodes, get excited. And they come on and they just, they usually talk about why the agent couldn't make it. They talk about whatever they feel like. Their episodes are always super interesting. They tend to be like really off the cuff. I really like them. Pressure's on, Lindsay. Can you name the members of the B team? No, I can't name any of the members of the B team. I can't name the, I had trouble naming the last name of my own artist. Like I just, I can't do it on the spot. Although, although. It's cause you're a horrible person. I just wanted to point that out. I have a really embarrassing story. on the L5R group, there was a fantastic, cool person named Mark, and he was like, oh, Lindsay, you're in this group. It's so cool to see a designer in this group. I assumed that because he knew who I was, because I'm not used to being recognized as a designer, that he was a friend that I just didn't remember the name of off the top of my head real quick. He was friends with you, and I was like, oh, it must be someone I play games with at the cons, because I have so many friends, and I'm really bad with names, and I was talking to him like I knew him. Oh, it's so cool to see you in this group. I'm super excited that we can play L5R together at the next con. Turns out, he was just a fan of the podcast. Didn't know me at all. We had never met. Kudos to you, Mark, for letting me backpedal out of that situation on Facebook. You're leaving out the best part. (laughs) The best part would be the moment you realized, oh, wait a second, I've never met this guy before in my life, and he just knows me from the podcast. Did you say the classic, hey, how have you been? Yeah, I did it all. It was super embarrassing. Well, those are the best parts that you're leaving out. Yeah, yeah. It was all that and a bucket of jazz. Give us the jazz. I'm like, oh, it's great to talk to you. How have you been? What con are you going to next? How's Alan? He's like, you know, we've never met. I just know you from the podcast. And I'm like, (laughs) I realized that when I went to go like see the mutual friends to try to remember who he was and realized that we weren't friends on Facebook, even though I thought we were. So then I had to like quickly friend him. And then I was like, oh no, he knows that I screwed this up. He knows that we haven't met, which I don't know why I panicked about that because of course he knows we haven't met. I'm the one who doesn't know we haven't met. (laughs) So yeah, he was really (laughs) cool about it. He let me like apologize. And I was like, oh, I know so many people and you seem really cool. So I assume that we knew each other. So yeah, I'm terrible with names. No one really recognizes me as a designer that often. So when it does happen, it's always really awkward because I assume that it's just a friend propping me because that's what my friends do because they're my friends and not an actual like legit fan so thank you mark that you made my day and embarrassed me horribly on facebook (laughs) 
I really appreciate both of those things. Honestly, I do. Here's the floodgate you just opened up, the floodgate of evil. Now people know the knaves, knights, and nobles alike who are listening to this. They can just come up to you and pretend like you're supposed to know them. Oh, Lindsay, good to see you again. How have you been? No, 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 don't, 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 don't do that. That's so mean. Don't be mean. Don't do what Alan wants you to do. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you ever meet Lindsay Road, make sure that's the thing you do. I hate you. I hate you. I hate everyone. Pretend that you already know her because the answer, Lindsay, is B-Team Logan and B-Team Will. <laughs> They're originally on It's Super Effective, SBJ's podcast for Pokemon, and now they're semi-regulars here. I also recommend the B-Team episodes. Yeah. I will admit, they probably wouldn't recommend the A-Team episodes. Now, I've never referred to myself as A-Team, I don't think, but if I have, you can let us know by <laughs> tweeting <laughs> at PlayTKG or email us podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Spelled with a K. That's also where you send your knave tonight submission. Yes. Who is my business partner who's on the show probably the most besides me? Well, it's probably Sean. It is Sean. Yeah. Do you know Sean's last name? Yeah. I'm sure he has a last name. <laughs> Do you know Sean's last <laughs> I'm name? I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure that as soon as I end up for this podcast, I'll remember it. Lindsay Margaret oh, Road. Funny. What is my last name? Well, it's Girding. You should know that because it's right there on Zencaster. With a ding at the end. <laughs> it's because you always say like, Alan, G-R, ding. <laughs> Listen, now that I'm an employee, I will learn your last names as part of my job. And uh, you can quiz me about it later. <laughs> uh, are you ready for Sean's last name? Yeah, I'm sure as soon as I hear it, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Sean Hatfield. Hatfield? Yeah. That's not it. It's totally Hatfield. That's not Hat. It's not Hatfield. I'm looking it up. And you're trying to mess with me because it's not Hatfield. Google Hatfield and you'll see what comes up. I'm looking it up on Facebook right now. Yeah, it's McCoy. It's Sean McCoy. What relation does Hatfield have with McCoy? I knew it wasn't Hatfield. Do you know where I'm going with this? You don't know where I'm going with this at all. I'm not going. All right. Well, this is lame sauce anyways. Let's just send this thing already. This episode is... Finished! Well, I'm glad you at least remembered how to say finished. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was so embarrassing. The first podcast, I never forgot it for the rest of my life. <laughs>